Do you think that scene is what got Willie Nelson to do the scientist cover for them at the end? Well, he already. I think Chipotle was the one who yeah. got him to do it first. I, I think he. I think he ran out of Chipotle money. Actually, yeah. he probably didn't even get money. He probably got paid in burritos or something like that, or, or weed. It's crazy that he does that. It, Bill Hicks had a bit in like the '90s about how Willie Nelson is shilling Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so he just goes from cheap Mexican place to cheap Mexican place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 320 with a review of The Judge. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, This week, we are going to have two uh, reviews for you. Uh, Right now, we are talking about The Judge, as we said. And uh, next in the feed, you will have a review of... uh, what are we talking about? The guest. <laughs> All the profession movies, you know. Yes, obviously mm-hmm. I am uh, not on my game this morning, but we'll, we'll correct that in a moment. <laughs> but uh, how are you guys doing this morning? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling okay. <laughs> One of the first times we record in a while where I don't have some story about why I'm terribly exhausted or hungover or something else to, <laughs> That's to good. mess with recording. <laughs> I, think, I think this morning I'm pretty good. All right, cool. So, That's good. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad in uh, this movie would approve of you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> he, he wouldn't think you were a delinquent bastard who needs to be put in juvenile detention or anything like that. He, yeah. he wouldn't see Robert Downey Jr. in me and find mercy on myself. He would. He would yeah. sentence you to go to like an AMC with no reserved seating and no kabuki drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Four months of AMC only. Damn it. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta watch the AMC first look. I have to say, I did see this at AMC yesterday. Not oh, Kabuki. okay. That's, oh. I, I saw the guest at, at AMC. Really? What, what is up with AMC's little like animated red ball things? Oh my and, god! Like, Don't it, even get me started on this, dude. Because <laughs> I could go on for this whole episode about those red balls. God damn it. <laughs> also, also like at this AMC theater, the, the trailer didn't say the line, but when I go to the La Jolla AMC, the, every single time it's like, ooh, and kissing is optional. And like, it's like trying to, <laughs> and plus it, it's it's the, the one in La Jolla, they have retrofitted it to have all like the, the giant lazy boy recliners, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, they're basically just... It, any person who was like a decent moviegoer who wasn't going to spend the whole time making out was like, oh, that's right. They said we can make out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like trying to remind you. Now, when uh, so AMC is mostly all there is up here and other than the Kabuki Theater and all of them for a long time had this intro right before the movies start after the trailers where it goes like our world seems to be overrun with technology. There's a time and place for it, but a movie theater is not the time nor place <laughs> omg and lol on a bright like it had this long monologue oh it goes on for so the, long and then they had the one with the the bear remember that yeah, and the and the guy but this guy has this like snarky voice that you can imitate so well <laughs> and i think they learned that people are imitating him because now it's like recut where yeah. the guy has no emotions at all in what he says <laughs> and he's purposely like breaking up the beats it's like the same words but it's our world is overrun with technology <laughs> 
There's a time and place for it. That's not as bad as the sassy, the sassy black woman who's just like, you gotta turn off your phone. I'm, I'm, de- I'm not kidding. Like that's exactly how it sounds and how it is. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think we have the same narrator in our clips, Carson. But I didn't, I didn't take her as being sassy so much as trying to be like a little, like not. She's not trying to be sexy. She's trying to be like <laughs> powerful. <laughs> like, Dude, she's sassing you for especially like if you've seen the one where it's like the the red ball is walking its red ball dog and the red <laughs> ball bear comes out and eats the phone or and they're like turn off your cell phone. It's like you don't want a giant bear to eat it. You might think your cell phone is cute, but honey, nobody else does. All the texts, tweets, and status updates, nobody needs that. So keep your phone on a tight leash. Because we're not responsible if a giant bear eats it. We just aren't. Thanks, everybody. This is weird. This means different parts of California get different targeted messages. I've had only this one narration for years. That's Always so weird. the same snarky guy. We know who you are, and so do <laughs> no, we. But like I do got that not too. Make us be the person who asks you to leave the auditorium because <laughs> we will. <laughs> See, I, I'd anyway. be fine with that message. Like the, the like, hey, like we, we'll tell you to leave if you're being annoying. Not this like, hey, why don't everybody hold hands and make out? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I swear, I dude, I think it's different for each movie. Like, because if you go see a horror movie, at least up up in LA, if it's a horror movie, they have like this one where the red balls are in like an asylum, and they're trying to escape. <laughs> and one has like a Freddy mask, or I'm sorry, not a Freddy mask, a Jason mask, like the hockey mask. Mm. And one's got like vampire teeth, and it's a sassy black lady again. She's just all like, "Turn off your cell phone," <laughs> and it's I've so seen ridiculous. <laughs> And I think before superhero movies, the red balls are usually flying with capes and fighting like Yeah, a... they're fighting like the giant iPhones, and they're yeah. like, turn it off! And the guy hits the home button, and they all fall to the, to the ground. Well, b- before the guest, it was a giant red ball robot, and it said, in case of, like, robot attack, uh, be calm and walk to the closest exits, and mm. something like that. <laughs> yeah, and then it, if you go before any, like, romantic movie, there is one where, like, the red balls are, like, trying to meet at a train station... Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all true. I, I think that's what's terrible is that they have to like. We live in a world where adults will go see a movie and they need a little cartoon to trick them into not using their cell phone. <laughs> yeah. But I will. I will say though, when that stupid thing came on, I tried to remember if I had already turned my cell phone off in my mm. pocket. So there you go. I, I guess it's doing its job. But the real yeah. question is, do you have your phone in cinema mode the whole time, uh, the way they it- tell you to? I have my if if Cinemode is holding the power button until the swipey thing comes up, swipe it and turn the phone completely off. Then yes, I have it in Cinemode. If there's a particular app that I think Cinemark and AMC are both a part of, where you download Cinemode and you turn it on, and apparently you get a reward at the end of the movie if you what? kept your phone in Cinemode the whole time. Once inside the Cinemark app, press the Cinemode button. You will be reminded to set your phone's volume to vibrate. Just before your movie begins, activate Cinemode by pressing the Turn Cinemode On button. Your screen will dim automatically. To earn coupons or rewards, you must stay in Cinemode for the duration of the movie. 
I haven't seen this before. It. I have no idea. Maybe it, to. Maybe it's like the targeting the techie people up here. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. It's Silicon Valley only. <laughs> I'm assuming since you referred to it as, quote, a reward that you've never used it. No, of course not. Because, <laughs> I mean, if it was, like, a legitimate award, then, like, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah if you got, what... like, a, if a gift card to, like, Taco Bell or something, then... Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd but be, what, be what, need, what need does it satisfy? Like, when am I going to download? Like, I wish <laughs> I had an app that I could turn on so I can't use my phone. Cinemo just makes me think of Cinnabun, which mm. makes me hungry. Cinnabon a la mode putting yeah. ice cream on it all right well anyways well we successfully didn't uh avoided me not saying what i was going to say so that's good all right well it was we, like we, a triple negative we, we yeah. have, we have <laughs> sorry we, we have another review to do in the feed this weekend that you can uh insert whatever you're gonna say i'll um, I'll, uh, I'll mention it at the end yeah but for right now uh we have a little film to talk about called the judge which uh I may be wrong, but I think it's about this elite police officer who never takes his helmet off that's trying to stop drug dealers from <laughs> distributing a drug known as slow-mo. I mm-hmm. wish. That's the movie we're talking about, right? Right. Yeah, well, I, that's I think so. uh, minus the judge. Oh, okay. Just dread. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm the law! That's what Downey Jr. was saying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome if he kept running around. Or, or if instead of having that Metallica t-shirt on, if he had a Dr- Judge Dredd t-shirt on. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would that'd be pretty good. Anyways, guys, what do you say we take a listen to the trailer for The Judge and then come back and give everybody our review? You're standing in one of the last great cathedrals in this country, built on the premise that you and you alone are responsible for the consequences of your actions. You have anything else to say for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it's not an affirmation. Yeah, it's not an affirmation a man uses in court. Henry? Judge? At the wake, he shakes my hand, always hugging everyone else. I have memories of us, you, me, then I don't. How come? You're just a boy from Indiana who's going to do whatever he has to do to pretend that's not true. We built these walls of stone. Stop staring. I know I look good. Forensics found traces of blood on your dad's car. It matches the victim. We spin these tales. A man who kills somebody on your watch, a man you released, you don't remember hitting him. We need to establish a firm defense. Are you asking if you can represent me? You can afford me. The truth can be exposed. There's a strength in letting go. Dad cannot go to prison. You cannot lose this case. You put me in juvenile detention. I did what I thought was right. We'll never come back here again. Good. You are simultaneously the most selfish and the most generous person I know. I loved you then, I love you now. But now a man's blood, a man that you hate, was found on a car that only you drive. You didn't seize that chance and kill it. That's not my testimony. I'll paint 
your father is a holier-than-thou prick determined to see what he considers justice served. My father is a holier-than-thou prick determined to see what he considers justice served, so it's going to be a light day. <laughs> That's funny. All right, you just listened to the trailer for The Judge. Uh, this is the story of Robert Downey Jr., and uh, he's like this, you know, hotshot lawyer that basically just only defends guilty people because... You know, he likes money and being a successful dude, and that's what he does. But, uh, you know, his mother has passed away, and when he goes back to his hometown, um, you know, for the funeral and stuff, he finds out that his dad was involved in an accident that uh, may have involved somebody who that dad had issues with legally in the past as the fact that the dad is a judge, you know, crazy law things happened, and uh, basically his dad is now on trial for possible murder, and Robert Downey Jr., has to try to figure out a way to maybe save him from this. So He's got to defend his honor, like the tagline says. Is that what the tagline in this movie is? Yeah, it says, yeah. like, defend your honor. Defend your honor. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Get it? Your honor, he, his dad's a judge, so yeah. defend yeah, your honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the poster. Chris Put it. Nancy. Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. The tagline, I mean. <laughs> That's probably exactly how the pitch meeting went down. Defend your honor. Wait, I don't get it. You know, he's your, he's a judge, Your Honor. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Print it. All right. Well, Carson, you like you like my appreciation of the tagline of this film, but did yes. you like the film itself? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> short and simple answer. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> Abstain. Obje- yeah. Objection, Your Honor. Badgering the film. Objection. Um, overruled. This movie was terrible. <laughs> um, I was gonna be like that episode of It's Always Sunny where Charlie Day thinks he's a lawyer, so he just goes around saying like abstain. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts start throwing out lawyer terms. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. My my, my favorite uh, film lawyery joke is still from Liar Liar when uh, Jim Carrey is like objection. He's like on what grounds? On the grounds that it's devastating to my case. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I love Liar Liar, and I would have rather been watching this movie, th- that movie, than this movie. There is more actual court time in Liar Liar than there, there is, is in The Judge. Y- you know what? You could argue that The Judge is like Liar Liar or My Cousin Vinny, but without, you know, all the fun parts. <laughs> and all the jokes. You know, you don't, Robert Downey Jr. isn't going to the bathroom going like, I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> Because uh, it could have needed, you know, a little humor like that. But overall, oh, I don't. The judge is just. I feel like it's a it's a throwback in the worst way possible. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, you, you throw back a beer and you still don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciated the fact that it, it kind of was a throwback to these uh, to these Oscar bait movies that would have come out like in the driving miss daisy era of oscar bait movies but i feel like even then it would just be pretty lame and and uh and soggy but uh it just but the thing is like if you want to do that kind of movie i'm totally fine for but they do everything wrong about it like i feel that the way this movie looks um i don't know about you i'm probably the only one but uh Probably. I don't know why. I don't know why this movie looks like a, a damn car commercial, uh, or like they just shot it through an iPhone filter. It just looks so blue and green. 
Like they're gonna post it on Instagram after they're I, done. I definitely got that sense too. It <laughs> something felt funny about it. Just it just didn't look quality. like real life. It just I don't know why movies do this. Uh, there's only when you start effing around with green and blue tints, uh, you better be David Fincher, otherwise it's gonna look stupid. Um, because you know David Fincher invented green tinting, so I feel like anything now from now on, it's you know it's all Fincher's fault, but whatever uh, how the finch stole christmas how the how the finch stole christmas <laughs> yeah. stole christmas colors yeah right exactly um so I, i'm surprised the first thing you didn't complain about carson was that shot of of uh, robert Downey jr driving in his little no uh, i was just about to say that thank you uh the car commercial shot where the camera comes out of his window and zooms around overhead i i have no idea why that's there because if you just I, need an establishing shot it. like it doesn't make sense like you have plenty of shots to just show this stupid small town you don't kind of like oh do, my. like it it looked like I, I was like this isn't even green screen Dude, anymore I this thought, is like something <laughs> worse i thought for sure they were gonna be like ford you know it drives you or whatever the <laughs> f- you know like i just thought it was good they were gonna flash up the logo for the car it was so terrible and yeah like it, it just it looks unnatural because it it is purely there as like a hey look at this cool camera drone that we got or whatever and we're showing it off it just takes you out because it doesn't feel like a natural uh it doesn't have that like fincher slick smooth you know steady cam thing it just feels like wow we put this on some like uh rocket not rocket but a no, remote it, controlled it, 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 it uh, was, camera it was completely fake they digitally yeah. added him into the like window of like the crops are all fake the roads fake like the only thing that's real i think is the car door mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, him. i think it was real possibly but it, that's it, the it thing. was it was not dude go back no it was that. definitely not real I, I would i would pay for you to see the movie again just to see that shot <laughs> I didn't know, but that's the thing is that, like, the, this whole movie, the look of it, it looks like CGI, like, even when it's not. Like, that's the other <laughs> bad thing about the look is that people look fake, but they're not. It's just like that scene where they're in uh, Vera Farmiga's bar, and I was just like, I think that waterfall is CGI'd in? Maybe not. <laughs> Any, anytime they were standing in front of a window, there was like the horrible green screen glow yeah, on the back end like of their faces. The green screen <laughs> effect. It was terrible. But I, but I don't. I think. I think we are completely like I, this film has to pass a bar before we can start complaining about the way it looks. And yeah, I, don't I think, think you it guys are really jumping. Bar. You're definitely jumping the gun. Here. I, I'm jumping the gun for sure. But I'm just saying, like that was a big reason why um, this movie was not good because it, even in scenes where it was just dialogue, it looked like they just, like, rotoscoped Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Like, it just, everything looked CG. Like, it was terrible. He was and that's the, why I'm he saying, was in like... the rig that they used to film him in, um, inside of the Iron Man it, suit, like, the, the Jarvis view. <laughs> and they why just didn't Robert Downey Jr. To turn to the body. camera and be like, I don't want to get murdered? <laughs> because that, uh, yeah. And why didn't he turn to his brother and go, like, you know what, you don't go full retard. um that's what i was uh yeah i was waiting for that too but uh no but that's what i'm saying this goes into the whole idea of being a throwback movie in the worst way possible because in my mind if you're gonna do a throwback movie you might as well go all in like why shoot it in this very modern way when you're supposed to be like kind of adhering to that style like i feel like if this movie was directed by frank darabont like right after he did Shawshank Redemption, um, and in kind of that same time period, 
it would have been awesome. Like uh, that, that's the kind of feel that I think they were going for, but it was missing. Like, I felt like it needed that sort of classy element to it, um, which it was missing. So that is like a big reason why I wasn't on board. But also like the story is so hackneyed and cliched and so been there, done that. And Chris, you brought up yesterday, uh, this is where I leave you, but that's exactly the movie I thought of while watching this movie was I was like, this movie... It, it's, it's impossible not to because it's literally the exact same setup. The characters yeah. are all the same thing. They just added a few siblings and, and reversed which parent died. Yes, exactly. And and Jason Bateman wasn't a lawyer. <laughs> and Dax Shepard is in both movies. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's true. It, 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 it's his, it's his uh, doppelganger. Like It's like the evil. It, the other, in the other movie, it's the evil version of him. This is like the pansy version of him. Yeah, but there's no spiders in any of them, so it's not as good. Uh, and But no, seriously, because I saw The Judge at, a couple weeks ago uh, at a screening, so I had seen it like, I had just seen This Is Where I Leave You, and then I watched The Judge. So it was almost like seeing the same movie back to back. So that's why it really came off, and it was it was really strange, because I was just like, oh my god, this is down to the, like, it's also the same studio, it's Warner Brothers. But I'd argue that, you know, I didn't really like This Is Where I Leave You, but I'd argue that's a, a, a way better movie because uh, just because the, I feel like at least it has that tone. The tone is at least in the right place where they want to have like a combination of drama and comedy. And also um, the movie looks like real life and not like a car commercial. Well, so, so, so I mean, just just so that we can get this on the record, if anything, the very least the judge does one thing great. It makes people better appreciate this is where I leave you. <laughs> that, I guess that's true, yeah. And the other thing is, um, uh, like, Robert Downey Jr. is great. I mean, he's always good in whatever movie you put him in. Um, I mean, he's just an inherently likable actor. He can make bad dialogue sound good. Uh, he's kind of like Denzel Washington in the fact that he's always watchable. Um and he is in this movie. I feel like he was holding this movie together because this is a very long movie. It runs for two and a half hours. And I feel like the only reason why, at least for me, it didn't feel overly long is that Robert Downey Jr. was holding it together. Um, and that and again, that goes back to the whole idea of like these long form character dramas that the big studios used to make. Um, which is great. Like, I'm glad that they were trying to go but go that way, but it just, none of it felt earned, you know? Like, it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie, but, like, what happened? Like, I feel like there was really nothing... Like, when you walk away from it, you really don't remember much from it, even though it was so long. Um, it was... it was It's odd. It's just... It feels like they're putting so much effort into something that's so little, and uh, there's not much takeaway from it. And uh, it, it, overall, it's a it's a disappointment because there's a lot of good people in this cast, and uh, like I mentioned, Vera Farmiga, she's like completely wasted in the movie, um, and Vincent D'Onofrio, and Robert Duvall. You know, he's Robert Duvall. He's always good, but there's just nothing that really they can. There's nothing that elevates it from sort of that hackneyed state, you know? Like, they can't, the actors can't rise above it or at least make the material rise up to something that's entertaining because the whole time, it always has that manipulative movie feel. Like, it never feels like we are engaging in these characters, you know, drama. Um, 
so much to the point where this movie tries this movie has two uses of a bony bear song um you know they might as well just hit us over the head with rocks they would have had the same effect because <laughs> when you use holocene in a in a movie uh you better know what you're doing because that song is uh that song is dangerous especially played twice and then they try to do the hail mary <laughs> of Willie Nelson's cover of uh, The Scientist. They're just like, Jesus, they're going to just they just want to kick us in the nuts, man. But that's how that's how manipulative this movie is. They're like, "Cry right now. They're watching old movie footage, Bony Vare. Cry." Um so yeah, that just was uh completely inauthentic to me. Uh, and plus when you play that song, it just takes you out. It's like the it's like that drone car commercial shot. It just doesn't feel natural. It takes you out of the movie. Um, or like this whole movie, because it felt like they were just in CGI movie land. It's like, maybe it's like, maybe they were trying to be meta and saying that like, look at this small American town that only exists in the movies. Um, we're going to CGI it because everything is fake. I don't know. It just had this weird feeling that way. But I don't think that that movie, that would be too smart for this movie, I guess. All right. Well, let's give Carson a chance to take a breath and let's yes, go I'm to, sorry. Uh, I'm just rambling on. Steven for a cross-examination. Yeah, it's weird. So I'm I'm in complete agreement, of course, but I think in this episode I am going to be on the semi-contrarian side. Oh, semi dear. only because I thought this movie was lame. I did not think it was terrible. Um so first I'm I'm going to get out all the very obvious reasons that this is a stupid movie. <laughs> like uh <laughs> like the the Elizabethtown comparison, I think when when we saw the trailer, we immediately said, this is just Elizabethtown again, basically. it's a, And that was dead on. It's like a successful-ish suit guy that tries to deny his heritage. Someone dies. He goes back to his small Midwestern town, tries to connect with his past distant father. Like, you know, people cry. It, it had that whole, like, Cameron Crowe-ish aesthetic, which is actually what I... That's more what I latched on to than these very old Academy Award movies. I latched on even just to, like, Cameron Crowe-type movies, like Elizabethtown or something. Mm. Um, meaning lame movies that if you were sitting on the couch with your family at Thanksgiving and they came on, you would maybe watch it. And then, like, during commercial breaks, you would talk about something else. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but I would argue that Cameron Crowe's older work is the kind of movie that the judge aspires to be, like Jerry okay. Maguire. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I mean, but because I mean, Elizabethtown was like an attempt to do another Jerry Maguire or a movie of that ilk, and it was just completely misguided. Yeah, a failure, and it was very yeah. similar too in that. So Elizabethtown's uh, Tom Petty is Bonavere in this movie, basically. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> Throw out this song that's going to make people cry. Right. Throw it out again at the end. <laughs> exactly. Make people feel... Which is weird for this movie because this is all, like, Midwestern. And then Bon Iver is decidedly not, like, <laughs> the sound of the Midwest. Um, but anyway. So, of course, everyone is a clear character here. Like, some of them, like, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall, Vera Farmiga, are, like... They're at least kind of comfortably recognizable. Like, you knew they were going to be there, and it's fine. Like, they do their one note, and you know exactly what that note is going to be, and, like, they're good actors. They they play it well. And then others, like like Dale, the mentally challenged brother, was just, like, completely eye-roll-worthy. Like, what are you even doing with this character? <laughs> yeah. Why is he in the movie? He doesn't contribute anything. 
I thought there would at least be some moment where his he has a habit that he does throughout the film, uh, like a hobby that he enjoys. And I thought <laughs> like, that was like going he left to his camera in his dad's car on the dashboard or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to pay accident. off. Yeah, I thought that was going to pay off in some kind of terrible <laughs> Look at way. This found footage. <laughs> but there wasn't even that. Like he just didn't need to be there, and the whole family drama, of course, was contrived. Like it was built on this kind of past where you got a, like, Rachel getting married vibe of, like, something terrible happened in the past. And then the truth is not actually that bad. <laughs> like, it... Right. It, even the whole premise of why they have such a dysfunctional family is kind of missing. And, you know, plot-wise, is fairly routine. I, I did think at least... So this wasn't really a courtroom movie, but I think the way that the court scenes played out were not completely predictable at least i didn't i didn't really know which way the movie was gonna go i thought it was a little interesting too that they have the character the judge that he's defending it is not clear like this is innocent versus guilty like it's a much more muddied kind of situation than that yeah uh, so like there were little things I, I wouldn't call them fresh but they were different so i mean like yeah it was it was lame it was, it was bad. The two and a half hours felt like two and a half hours. But I wasn't having, like, a bad time either. When I embraced that I'm watching a movie that is just trying to be one of these other movies, and I can pinpoint... I don't know. There's something kind of comfortable about being able to predict the future in a movie. <laughs> like, like, there's a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is riding a bike, and I thought he's gonna fall and then he falls and then I thought Vera Farmiga is gonna drive by and then she drove by <laughs> right after and like I don't and know then you thought I'm just kidding. there's a I, I don't know how to explain it there's some comfort in this being that kind of movie that isn't doing anything new the actors are good enough to do the obvious thing well and like even if it hits pretty lame emotional beats I thought it did still hit them like it didn't make me visibly angry the way that they did it like I, I think if this did come on tv and my family watched it i wouldn't be upset like i wouldn't leave the room or force them to change the channel i i feel like it, it's in that kind of i don't even know what you'd call it that that kind of like middle ground between terrible and okay where like plenty of movies go to die on tv and <laughs> i think it's called there's TNT. nothing that wrong this with is, it this but, is a total tbs movie like like yeah exactly i think this is exactly the way that carson was describing this is where i leave you which i have not seen yet i would like to to have a point of comparison in that it's like just a c movie basically um and this maybe is more like a C minus movie or a D plus movie, <laughs> but it's still a not. Depends on what curve we're grading. On. <laughs> like, like okay, here, here's the deal. I was in an audience full of mostly older people, and they were definitely reacting to the scenes, and they clapped at the end. <laughs> so like it. <laughs> well, it, it did, I mean, it's tailor made for them. I mean. Yeah. It, so no it touched, offense to older people, but it, that's that's just how it is. I mean. Yeah, of course. Uh, Robert Duvall was basically begging for them to, you know, empathize with yeah. him. Yeah. There, there, there was a point in the movie where my audience, uh, some bit of information came out publicly that we, the audience, already knew, and people in my audience like gasped, <laughs> like, <they're, laughs> and I was like, wow, that, that's they, it, it wasn't even like it was telegraphed, like it was expressly stated earlier in the film, and then when somebody says it to somebody else, there was like, <gasps> <laughs> I, I can't remember what that was, but it just, 
I was I, like, you know what? Really, but people? I wish, I wish that I had that luxury, I guess, to watch a movie this cliched and and to sit there and be like wowed by it, you know, and not be like, I've seen this before. Would you Let's try not being an asshole? Just kidding. Yeah, no, <laughs> no it, but it, I'm would, just it would be nice. I think I, I tried to I tried to put on my not being an asshole cap when I, I watched know. this movie because by the first like half hour I knew, you know, I'm sitting through this. It's gonna be two and a half hours. I know what it is. Can I find something to like about it, or am I gonna hate it the whole way through? And I managed to get into the kind of zen where it's like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with it. I mean, I'm still asking myself that question that I could put myself in, you know, Chris's shoes when he watched the Total Recall remake. <laughs> you know, I wish I could watch a movie that boring and bland and well, be entertained by it. Person than you are. <laughs> but I can't because I just, uh, just, you know what I mean. But it's just like I don't know. I guess they just, <laughs> clearly don't know what you mean. They're just not <laughs> as in tune. I guess apparently my uh, apparently I accidentally sewed my not being an asshole cap on, and I can't remove it anymore. <laughs> and I, I do have to, to say for point. for the fact that ninety five percent of this movie is cliches that you could predict they threw in a few wild cards like there is a subplot with vera farmiga that is downright weird yeah that was not good but i feel like i expected that though is it really that i knew that was hard did you expect no i i was just like okay she's gonna end up being like either or somehow (laughs) like i i was like because for some reason hollywood has like this weird fixation at least in the last couple years with like plot lines i don't understand it like even from up on poppy hill that me that that uh studio ghibli movie i was like why are we having an plot line in this kids movie like i don't understand i think we need to have a talk with carson about no dude this what, I is, will, what is fair game to talk about in the review episode i'm telling you man it all started with people like us i blame alex kurtzman um but th- it's weird how like they like they think like that's gonna be interesting or scandalous i don't know it's just it just comes off bizarre i laughed out loud during it i, <laughs> I mean it's just I, so which weird. is what it was supposed to be like it's trying well, to put he, robert he, downey jr in a really awkward situation so he can charm his way out of it but here, here's the thing okay so i think what i'm gonna do is uh i'm gonna insert a message that i remove <laughs> I, I don't it i mean this is this has no consequence to the plot, so it, it's not technically that big of a spoiler. But I think it is a at least funny moment in the film that mm-hmm. is. I mean, if there's not that much in this film to enjoy, by talking about this, we are removing one part that is like. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any enjoyment. We, we in cut it, the though. number of enjoyable plot lines in half. <laughs> we know exactly, but I, 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 I think I'm just, whatever. I'm gonna leave it in. Some, if somebody's angry, write Carson because. But you can't tweet him or anything because he still doesn't have Twitter. <laughs> oh no! I bet it'll be. We we can figure out how to do it. I think yeah. you can remove just a small part of it, and it'll be just remove like, the part where he. I don't know, but I, I feel like that's not even a spoiler. Well, I, 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 have to, I have to remove the word, or to remove the word. So it'll just be like Hollywood super obsessed with plea plot lines. <laughs> I think if you if you just leave. I think it's okay. They won't. It's not like <laughs> if just you. They'll be confused. <laughs> it's I don't think okay you would immediately you know what is happening. No, but I just, I just feel like that. That I don't think it's very. I don't think it's crucial to the plot because uh, Leighton Meester is not even in the movie. She just disappears. Well, yeah, it's because you found out that she almost. <laughs> it's so. It's so dumb. Like that is just like. You know. Here, okay. Here. Here. I. I was fine with that 
being in there, what I was not fine with was them not committing to it. Like, mm-hmm. because then they just like <laughs> go, to go aside. all in. But, yeah, they're just like, there's like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's not. No, no. I mean, like the, the moment with the hair is actually funny to me. Like, I thought that was hilarious. I love oh, his reaction to it. My erupted in laughter when that when the when that happened. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's great because he responds to it perfectly. And he's like, he spends the next like three scenes of the film, like chewing over that in his head. And, it, and it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I bet it, there's this whole layer of ickiness to it, though. Yeah, but it's it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, but it's my, just not he, funny. Like, he, I, I, I would not react in the same way. He's an icky That's one character. Thing, it's not like he actually so it's... And it's one thing gross, I can though. say about this movie is it it doesn't shy away from having, like, awkward plot lines. Like, I, I won't give away things about the courtroom drama either, but, like, there's some weird middle ground where even the best-case scenario <laughs> is not that heartwarming <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Um, yeah, but I and feel, I feel like, like the, that happens a few times. But I feel like the movie doesn't earn that. It's not like we're watching Irreversible. Like it's we're not watching like a <laughs> Gaspar Noe movie. Like this is a a movie that from you know the same guy directed Wedding Crashers. Like that's not you know this kind of movie. It's a broad drama. It's not some hard hitting like Blue Valentine esque film. You know, I feel like that if if we want to go that route in a movie like that, I'm totally fine with. But in the judge where it's sort of light and you know people are cracking wise at times and it has that sort of feeling like this is where i leave you it feels way out of place i don't know it comes off as supremely gross on on behalf on behalf of grandparents everywhere i have to semi defend this movie (laughs) 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 i think that's how i felt i felt heartwarmed enough by the end just seeing how other people reacted where it was like you know they they did something right, even if it's horrible the way that they did it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm being I, if it seems like I'm being particularly harsh on it, but I agree that it's not. There are things that are way worse. Like I, I would say that it falls just below. This is where I leave you, in terms of like that middle ground of C average movies. Um, but I I don't think it's something that is worth seeing. I just think there's a lot of things in it that baffled me as to like you know technical choices and like you know creative choices as to why they decided to do it that way and like i said i dude i'll totally support uh like i'm uh, david dobkin the director like i've liked majority of his movies except for fred claus um but like uh clay pigeons is awesome like that's another movie that has like a a very distinct tone and i feel like it handles it very well and I'm, like, the only guy who will defend the change-up. So, I mean, like, I'm in his corner, but this movie was just a misfire. All right. Well, um, I think it's safe to say that I was the most excited for this film out of the three of us. Uh, <laughs> if you had even a hint of excitement, I think you were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 was, I was genuinely, like... Okay, so the first time I saw the trailer in theaters, I had no, I didn't know anything about the movie. So I just watched the trailer, and like while watching the trailer, I was like, "Dear God, this is like Saturday morning special, like most cliche film ever," and I totally want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I like Robert Downey Jr., I like Vera Farmiga. Actually, she wasn't even really in the first trailer. At least I think, I think in the in the original teaser ish, like the trailer number one for this film, I don't think she's really in it because I didn't don't remember her from it but when the second show that came i was like oh dude vera farmiga's in this um but i i was excited for uh basically cocky tony stark lawyer yeah going up against 
uh, you know, super evil, sleazy uh, <laughs> Billy, Bob, Billy Thornton. Bob Thornton lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I was interested in this, this just, just the case in general of, of guy who was a judge, made one mistake in his career, and possibly, at least being argued by the prosecutors, um, fixed that mistake by running over this guy with his car. Like, that idea, like, this film, the premise of the film is, you know, a strange father-child relationship, like, literally put to the test as, you know, child tries to defend father in this case that he may or may not be guilty of. Like, that that was interesting enough. You lop on top of that, you know, you have the cliche true but you know whatever possibly feely story of this guy who ran away from the small town coming back to the small town and possibly finding something some some sort of rekindled love like with with a person obviously but also just rekindled love for the simplicity of that as opposed to the life that he lives in the big city being this lawyer and all that kind of crap um I was like, that was interesting. Like, it seemed like something that, you know, I could sit through for two hours and enjoy. Uh, there'd be enough there to keep me interested. Like, like I said, I was the only one on this podcast that really liked uh, This Is Where I Leave You. So it, was, it, it felt very much in that same kind of universe where it could work. And at least I'd be entertained by the presences of the people in the film. Um, unfortunately, there's just so much stuff that it doesn't need to be in the film at all. I mean, the, uh, the 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 plot works exactly the same if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have a child and is is or never was married. Like, the fact that he has any sort of life outside of being a single lawyer, completely irrelevant, doesn't help or hurt the story at all. Um, the, um, the thing that Carson alluded to earlier in the film um, about somebody that... <laughs> Meets in a bar um, <laughs> that could have potentially been done something with uh but it's really just played for a joke and then they they back away they backpedal from that because they don't want that to be exactly really the case they just want it to be there for a funny moment in the middle of the film um the relationship that he used to have with vera farmiga there's a lot of stuff they could have done with that but they kind of don't really do anything with it i mean there's so there's a scene in the trailer that we listened to earlier where Vera Farmiga has a line, something like, you were simultaneously, you know, the most generous and the most self-centered guy I've ever met or whatever. So that conversation, there's nothing that, ha- that has happened up until that point in the film that Robert Downey Jr. has shown anything <laughs> but being a self-centered man. Like, he mm-hmm. hasn't done anything yet in the film to show that he is the most generous man. And yeah. considering what we learn about him and Vera Farmiga and their last interactions together and what happened to Robert Downey Jr. Um, to arrive at the point we are now, like, nothing shows their relationship other than the fact that they both recognize each other and they share a fondness for pie <laughs> like <laughs> there's and, like, and that's he something. shares a they share a fondness you know for other things too i guess yeah well we all share that fun <laughs> yes <laughs> that puts them right along with peter parker in spider-man 3 <laughs> so good <laughs> mm, pie mm, so good um so yeah, there's just I, I think most of this film is completely wasted. And I uh there there is one thing that I think is actually genuinely interesting in the film, and that's kind of when cuz we like all we know from for most of the movie is that Robert Duvall doesn't like uh 
Robert Downey Jr. and vice versa. Like there's something happened in their past that made them stop being like <laughs> good family members together and mm-hmm. kind of made them both go their separate ways. And, you know, to this day, they've both continued to, if not hate each other, been super frustrated and disapproving of each other. And we kind of see like there's a, there's a part in the trailer where he says, you know, I had I have memories of us when I was younger and then I don't. What happened uh, when we find out what happens? I actually think that was genuinely the, the way that is played out and the the bits of information that are dropped. And when that moment comes out, yes, it's supposed to give you that like, oh, this is the part where you're supposed to cry now moment. And, and, and it's and it's done. It, it's completely manipulative. But I think that scene justifies the entire premise for the film like that that is i don't know i think that's a big moment for the characters and i think it's genuinely good uh the rest of the film surrounding us that that builds the foundation for which that moment sits on is just mediocre at best and Mm -hmm. i think that's really the film's flaw but at that moment where you get that reveal i was that actually turned me around from just being completely flat out disappointed in the film to being like you know what? That moment was that moment was good enough for me to not have hated seeing this film. And um, well, while I don't feel that like there's anything really to push people to, to seek out this film, having been on that little journey, that part of it I liked. I don't like the non-resolve of his character, even though like at the end when the credits roll, we know exactly what follows that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that the arcs themselves aren't complete and. I don't know. There's, there's something about we don't we don't really get real resolves in the sense that make the entire journey worth it. But we do get that genuinely decent moment um, in the story of the father and the son, and we just have to wade through a bunch of stuff to get the pieces in order to put it together to experience that in a genuine way. So it's like a false film that builds to a genuine moment, and mm-hmm. that isn't the way I think you should go out making your film. But I feel <laughs> like that was the eye or the prize that the eye was on <laughs> mm-hmm. during the writing of and the creation of the film. And I appreciate it for that moment. But outside of that moment, there isn't a lot of, to appreciate. And and even that moment, and I'm so I'm glad I'm not the only one with some bits of positive to say about it. Um, <laughs> but now I'm going to be negative and say that moment, I agree that it hit emotional beats that, if not felt earned, at least felt like the movie had been building towards it um in a in an okay way yeah in, in a satisfying ish way even if you look back and you're like they really didn't deserve that <laughs> um but that whole the courtroom scene in general kind of took me out when i would think like there is no effing way in any courtroom in the world this is the conversation that is happening. <laughs> no. okay, so, and the so, judge is like, I'll allow it, but watch yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, I would like that was before that reveal happened. I was thinking, I was like, there's no freaking way that a legal system allows this line of questioning. Like it's, it's completely stupid. Um, uh, which is actually funny uh, that. So in this film, there's scenes where Robert Downey Jr. is not co-counsel and he's passing notes to the actual person who's defending him. And there's this whole thing like a guy who's not part of the team can't ask these questions in this line of questioning in Kill the Messenger, which is a film we're not reviewing this week. But that I also saw there's similar scenes where a reporter is sitting in the stands passing notes to a guy who's <laughs> questioning a guy because 
in a court of law is the only place in which somebody will be able to directly answer questions that they have. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of funny to see like these two scenes where like one judge is responding in in what is an appropriate way to <laughs> to how you should respond in a case where something's going wrong. And in another film, it's not necessarily as appropriate. But um, but yeah, anyway, so so sorry for the little derail. But um, I, I totally agree. It was stupid that that came out. That is a moment that could come out in that hurricane scene <laughs> or the tornado warning scene uh, yeah. earlier in the film. Like that was the perfect moment to have a conversation like that take place. There's there's no reason why it has to happen in a court of law. Like they they spent well, it's more this, dramatic that way. Yeah, they, they they spent this film's version of the "You're goddamn right, I did" moment <laughs> in, in in like a "That's not my testimony." <laughs> like, oh man, it, it just didn't have any sort of like uh like weight to it at all i mean oh well sorry it, the what's happening has a weight to it but as far as a courtroom like everybody's like oh my god like it, it didn't it didn't <laughs> it didn't fit for like the the i i got you moment like that you would normally have in a courtroom especially considering like moments before that like essentially they just lost the case <laughs> like yeah you yeah know what i mean like billy bob's thornton thornton's closing art argument should be damning and then robert denner jr is going to like pull some sleight of hand act and turn it from being like oh yeah we're gonna stop pretending like we're playing courtroom and we're gonna just go into straight heart mode and yeah. try to have a conversation that doesn't belong in a courtroom and I, I don't appreciate that i don't appreciate the presentation of the information but the information itself i think was uh was a genuine moment and i liked it i mean compared to a few good men the judge <laughs> is the shit that jack nicholson takes after he rips your head off and shits down your throat, basically, <laughs> as as he is wont to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we need men with cars to stand up on this wall and hit people that were released from prison. <laughs> do y'all know anything about snapper turtles? <laughs> a chunk, a chunk, chunk. <laughs> I love the the lightness that's going into a murder trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's how Robert Downey Jr. wins. He, he, you know, he he is charismatic and charms the the jury pool. Charms yeah, everybody who's laughing at the <laughs> thought of a guy running over someone. <laughs> I, I do also love the moment where uh, <laughs> where he uh, he he's checking the jury pool and he's given like either the the no no finger or the, oh, the yeah, okay yeah, symbol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. that was a pretty funny moment. <laughs> Thumbs Any- up to a Willie Nelson bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, anybody mm-hmm. here have a bumper Tie sticker? In. <laughs> uh, do you think right. that scene is what got Willie Nelson to do the scientist cover for them at the end? <laughs> I, I well, think he already. I think Chipotle was the one who yeah. got him to do it first. <laughs> I, I think he. I think he ran out of Chipotle money. Actually, yeah. he probably didn't even get money. He probably got paid in burritos or something like that. Or, it's or crazy weed. that he does that. It, Bill Hicks had a bit in like the 90s about how Willie Nelson is shilling Taco Bell. <laughs> 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 he just goes from cheap Mexican place to cheap Mexican place. No, that's why he did it because like there's at least some sort of idea that uh, I, 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 th- I think everybody everybody will say that you know Taco Bell isn't Mexican food. It's like some crappy thing. But everybody. Uh, says the same thing about Chipotle, but they go, no, 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 but it's different than Mexican. It's like, yeah, but it, you know, it's, you it's, still crap blood. It, it's like a higher, I don't know what they say. Um, it's it's higher higher art, I guess. 
oddly enough, I when I left the, the theater for the guest, it was like gnarly traffic trying to get out of San Diego. And I was like stuck in a bunch of like they were working on the roads or something. And I kept like turning weird ways. It was like right around lunchtime. And I was passing by a Chipotle. I'm like, F- it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. so what you're saying is a few good men is like Chipotle and the judges like Taco Bell. No, I'm saying a few good men is like street tacos in okay, yeah, in yeah, Mexico, yeah. like out of a cart that you could kill yourself afterwards because you never need to eat a taco again. Yeah. I don't know what the Chipotle equivalent would be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Liar, liar. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh, anyways. Anyway, yeah. Any, any last thoughts on this film, guys? Nope. I, I don't think so. All right, well, uh, why don't we get to our verdicts then? Um, Carson, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a... Uh, I would give it a pass, and I think the caveat is Robert Downey Jr. is the only thing holding it out of must-avoid territory. All right, Steven? I think I'm... I'm going to be weirdly generous, maybe, by giving it a wait for rental. <laughs> Mussy. Ma- no. <laughs> no. Giving it a wait for rental, mainly because this seems exactly like on a like lazy afternoon or something, the kind of movie that you rent and don't hate. Like, if you're, if you're not in a critical eye, I feel like Robert Downey Jr. is engaging. Robert Duvall does a good job making you feel sad <laughs> um, <laughs> it has pleasant moments the sa- even like the bon Iver song like of course i also when it came on i was like jesus you gotta be kidding me but <laughs> but i'm sure in that moment if you're not in a critical mood that is like touching you somewhere yeah i, I feel like this is the quintessential somewhere where rental. your daughter or niece might <laughs> yeah <laughs> might what I don't, you know, don't finish that sentence. <laughs> no, don't, don't finish it. Uh, I feel like that this was a callback. The... Just that, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> condoning that. I'm just call back to the ickiness of this movie. It, it's like something your your daughter would put on a, or your your friend's younger sister would put on a playlist for you that yes. <laughs> that you can appreciate <laughs> to tie it into the movie we haven't well, talked you know, about yet. Uh, the, your grandparents really haven't heard of Bon Iver, so they're probably like, this is good. Yeah, exactly. Whoever they're, did this, this score is great. Is this country music? Is this Neil yeah, Young? This I think it's Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like this is the like quintessential movie that you rent, and you know what you're getting if you watch it. And if you're expecting that, I don't think you're going to be especially disappointed. All right. Um, I am going to give it a pass with a caveat also. Um caveat for myself obviously is that it has vera farmiga in it and uh, robert downey jr um so that was enjoyable for me but you know they're not doing anything special in this movie so <laughs> <laughs> I, I i like steven i hated this less than uh carson did but i also was probably the most disappointed because i was the crazy son of a bitch who was actually excited for this movie um so yeah it is it passed the caveat Sad times. But anyways, we're done judging this film. So mm. why don't we wrap this up and then get into our review of the guests. So Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. And yeah, that's it. Steven? Uh, Twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, the music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to this film. Uh, right now, you're hearing some Chipotle theme music. <laughs> we'll probably open with the other song and close with one else. Because <laughs> oh man, that's what the film did. I mean, it's yeah. only it's only fitting, uh, right? Also, it's close to lunch, so. <laughs> right. You know, I feel like this movie actually fits that Bonavere song because I think the lyrics are, "And once I knew that I was not magnificent, but, but I could go for miles, miles, miles." <laughs> All right. Okay. Wait, so so real quick, and I swear this ties into the judge, but um, <laughs> it will. Just stay, stick with me. So I finally saw The Maze Runner, and uh, I'll say that uh, my, my Rotten Tomatoes blurb for that movie would be, The Maze Runner is the most expensive, expensive-looking gay porn parody ever made, uh, just without all the sex scenes. And then... Um, I feel like the only thing that's worth admiring about Maze Runner is that its budget, its budget was only $34 million, which is pretty impressive for a movie of that, um, I guess, nature, even though the CGI wasn't too great, but at least it had like a big-scale feeling, um, as opposed to The Judge, which had a $50 million budget, and I guess it all went to uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s salary. Or all the... Uh, they had to hire in more catering for Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know. All right, well, I'm not going to engage you on any of those comments, so we're going to take off and come back with a review of The Guest later. Bye. Nobody said it was easy It's such a shame for us to part Nobody said it was easy No one ever said it would be so hard I'm going back to the start